Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of this great expedition through the Word of God. Thank you. I really appreciate and love everybody here. And if you like what you're hearing, you like what you're learning, feel free to share it with somebody. You know, a lot of people really need to get a better grasp on the Word of God, just like I need to. Even, even studying for the uh, show prep, it seems like I learn a little something new every day. So it's not something that is, and that's why we have the, the podcast is Walk With Me. It's not a destination, but a journey. It's a journey to a destination, and that destination is heaven. Uh, because that's where we all want to go. None of us want to go to that other place, right? So uh, that's where we are, and that's what we're doing. And uh, share it with somebody. Let somebody know that you love them. Let somebody know that you care about their souls. I care about your souls, and I thank you for joining us. Uh we are just a few housekeeping questions, um, situations going on. Please feel free to send your questions, anything you about you hear, any any Bible questions, anything that's related to the Bible. You can send it to me. Uh, Walk with me. Bible study at Gmail dot com. Walk with me. Bible study at Gmail dot com. Um, but here's a little change. If if you would. Just so that I can sort of address you without calling you out. Uh, if you could just put the state that you're um, in, in the subject line, just the state. Or like you could just put your question and then put the state or however you want to do it. But as long as your state is and country, because I've got people listening from that red place over there. No, no names, but I've got people listening from over there. So uh, if you just put your state and your country, your your emailing from so i can sort of let you know that i'm addressing you without using your name that would be appreciated um because there's a lot of questions that just going to take it's all it's almost easier just to just do it in the podcast rather than just typing out a 50 page email with thirty thousand scriptures in it and it's just it's just easier this way and then that way you could kind of listen and keep up with at your own pace um the so exquisite um website is down for a moment there'll be some she's updating uh her product line and she may be adding some stuff and taking some stuff down so stay tuned for further announcements templar chronicles one new players are still for sale go ahead and check that out now let's get down to the reason why we came all right so today we are still walking we're introducing ourselves to the new testament the new testament uh sometimes gets a bad rep for a couple things um, one, it's it's a, the shorter portion of the Bible, sort of per se, because the Bible is not exactly divided in half. The Old Testament is long, and it's got these and thousand things, and and in the New Testament, it's got these and thousand things, but it's a lot shorter. And a lot of people take it, that out of context and take what's in the New Testament as some sort of lighter sort of. Uh, some sort of lighter Bible, I guess. I'm not sure how to really explain it. But they don't really take it as seriously as they took the Old Testament. So last week, we were talking about uh, the purposes of the Gospels and how 
you had the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all had different perspectives, but they also had different target audiences. Uh, you know, Matthew had the Jews in mind, and Mark was sort of trying to relate to the Romans, and Luke was more, being that he was a doctor, he, he his mind was more geared towards people who had a higher quote-unquote intelligence level, per se. But John was a little bit different. And John was more focused on putting everything together, balancing out these other three perspectives, and focusing on the deity of Jesus, of who Jesus really was. And this is not to say that any of these Gospels contradict each other. I'm, I'm reminded of of a, of a story where four blind men went to go see a five blind men went to go see an elephant and they, they were blind they went to go see an elephant yeah that's that's the funny part but one of them walked into the side of the elephant and and they said man the elephant's like a wall and the other one grabbed the elephant by the tail which is really not a smart thing to do he said no the elephant's like a rope and the other one grabbed it by the tusk and, which is also not a smart thing to do and he said, no, the elephant's like a snake. And then one of them wrapped a, uh, one of them wrapped his le- arms around one of the legs of the elephant and said, man, no, 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 this elephant's like a tree. And the other one ran his, ran, almost ran right into the, one of the tusks and said, no, this elephant's like a spear. See, the problem is, is that when we are sort of blind and we're trying to figure out these things, we don't really realize that, especially when we're talking about Bible, these subjects can be all of these things, but that is such a small picture, it doesn't take into uh, context the majestic, the majesty of the thing. So one person walking by can see these five blind men and saying, no, man, the elephant is all these things. And yet, it's an elephant. Yet, it is a mighty beast. It is a it is a majestic animal. My favorite animal is the rhino, by the way. So I think rhinos are better than elephants. So, any you elephant lovers out there, we can fight after the show. So, that being said, this is, this is how we talk about the Bible, and this is how we, we want to get the big picture and so understanding what, why these four Gospels have are slightly different without contradicting each other is the way to go. It, they are literally grabbing a part of the elephant and expressing that part of the elephant while not con- contradicting the other person. And then John comes along, he wraps it up very nicely and neatly, but he's more focused on the deity of Jesus. So we talked about this before and please understand this is one we're going to do a lot of scripture reading today but we have a rule here at walk with me that rule is when we talk about a scripture we want to read a verse or two above a verse or two below but preferably the whole chapter why jj because context is important just like we just talked about you can grab an elephant by the tail but that tusk can mess you up that trunk can mess you up. So you want the whole picture. You want everything in context. All right. So 1 Timothy 3.16. We're gonna, I know we talked about this last week, but we got to go back there and start again. 
because it's, I got a couple questions about this scripture. And we're going to talk about that today. Okay, this is why I like if you guys will put the state in your subject line. Subject line. First Timothy 3.16. But without controversy. In other words, without discussion, without debate. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Who was God manifest in the flesh? At what time was God ever manifest in the flesh? That was Jesus. Justified in the spirit. At what point? Who who has ever had, this is my son, in which I am well pleased? Jesus. Seen of angels. Well, wait a minute. If Jesus, how could Jesus have been seen of angels? If he was didn't come into existence until the New Testament. All right. Preached unto the Gentiles. Who was preached unto the Gentiles? Not Jehovah. Jesus was. And re- believed on in the world. Who was believed on in the world? Jesus. Received up in the glory. Who was received up in the glory? Jesus. So therefore, just using this scripture alone, God was manifest in the flesh. If God was manifest in the flesh by and received up in the glory, we're talking about one God here. Okay? And... And don't worry about that. I'm not going to use your name, but we're going to talk more about this one godliness today. Uh, Colossians 1, 12 through 20. Now, this is kind of long, so just bear with me. Giving thanks unto the Father has made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saint of light, and saint in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us unto the con- into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom... We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created. By who? Now we're talking about, are we talking about Jesus or are we talking about God? See, if you if you go into it thinking that Jesus and God were two different, two separate entities, then it gets confusing. And this is why context is important. But if you say to yourself, okay, there's one God, then it makes sense that this God did something different in order to make a different change. In other words, uh, if I'm if I'm a son, which I am, and if I'm a brother, which I am, these are two different roles performed by the same person. If just to kind of oversimplify a little bit, reading on. Uh, for in him were all things created, for by him were all things created, uh, that are in heaven or in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things exist, uh, consist. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn up from the dead, in all things that he might have preeminence. For if it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Now, this is this is something that really kind of trips up a lot of people that are going to church these days. Because if you read it, it, it sort of sounds, if you read it without enlightenment, if, if you read it without the Holy Ghost, if you read it, if you don't re- pay attention to what the, the scripture is saying, then you kind of get t- 
turned around? Are we talking about God or are we talking about Jesus? Are we because God wasn't on the cross. Jesus was on the cross, but Jesus didn't make everything. God made everything. And this is where everybody starts to get. Oh, my God. The Bible contradicts itself. It does not. Because Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. It's one God. Matter of fact, uh, there's a there's a verse and we'll pull it up a little bit later. If you do well to believe in one God, the devils believe that and tremble. But let's get back. Matthew 22 and 32. I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. John 4, 9, 14, 9. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you and you have not yet known me, Philip? He that hath seen me have seen the Father. Wait, what? He that hath seen me has already seen the Father. And how sayest you, show us the Father? Because Philip wanted to see God. Philip didn't know he was looking at God manifest in the flesh in a way. And, and this was the reason why God had done this is because he had already said no one can look on no man can look on me and live. By by manifesting in the flesh, he was able to be seen of the people he was trying to save. And uh, James 2.19, oh, there it is. Thou, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils know that there's one God. The devils know there's no trinity. There's no triune, omnicromness being sitting up there with 15 faces. No, the Bible says in, in Revelations, him that sitteth on the throne. There's one throne and there's one him. It's not a bench, and there's not 15 thrones, and there's not a whole bunch of people sitting on these thrones. So, and I, I know I'm addressing your question, but this is all wrapped into the Gospels as to why John wrote it this way. All right, so, matter of fact, Mark uh, 12, 29, Jesus answered and said, first of the commandments is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Yes, one, not three, not three sort of Siamese sort of combinations, one. So, and, and we're going to go into these Gospels, just like we're going to go into different parts of the Bible in more detail, but I wanted to get you get the idea of why that was written the way it was. Now, after you move past the dot, after they move past the Gospels, we go into uh, the book of Acts. Now, the Acts, the book of Acts is actually the only, only, and I have to say it again, only book of history in the New Testament that concerns the church. The letters don't count. They're letters to churches. They're letters to churches about things that are going on in the churches and the Gospels was about the death, burial, and resurrection and deliverance of Jesus Christ. The deliver delivering power of Jesus Christ. And you have Acts. Everything after that is letters until you get to Jude. And after Jude, you have Revelation, which is the book of prophecy. This is not history. Acts is the book of history that has to do with the church. It's very important that we get that distinction. This way we don't take anything out of context later on. 
because a lot of people do take a lot of things out of context later on and not understanding that everything went through acts okay now the first chapter is with the last moments of god the last moment of christ and you know while he was on earth and and he started promising that you know something the holy ghost was going to come and that you know that the church was going to be born now to understand how the church was founded and how people entered into the early church it's necessary to thoroughly study the book of acts after you get the acts down then we're going to talk about the epistles what we talked about earlier the letters to the church you got romans everything from romans to jude are letters telling christians how to live in other words telling people who have been born into the church via the book of acts how to live a Christian and victorious life. Nothing in the, I can't say this, I cannot stress this enough, and I know I'm answering your question, but I cannot stress this enough. There's no plan of salvation, no formulaic expression of salvation from Romans to Jude. Everything from Romans to Jude is how to live after you have completed the formula of salvation and i'm saying it that way for a reason okay because in the book of acts it tells you how what you what you must do to be saved after that how you are going to live and how you're going to operate in your faith and how you're going to interact with others and how you're going to uh interact with church and everything else and how you interact between the church and the world and how you conduct yourself all of those things are in the are in the letters from Romans to Jew. So it's important to know that this is the way the New Testament is set up. There were, I believe, 13 of them. I'm sorry, 21. 21 books. 21 books. It took 21 books to tell a Christian who had already been saved in the book of Acts how to stay saved. That's the best way of putting it. Right? Again, I, I have to stress this enough. Romans to Jude does not tell someone how to get saved. They tell you how to stay saved. And this is why I generally don't even use the term saved. Because people think that if you pull out a, a, a set of scriptures in Romans or you pull out something in Colossians, you pull, that, that's how you got saved. No, no, no. Even Paul said, even after I have preached to others, I myself might become a castaway. That, that means this salvation thing is not a, as long as you and I are still breathing and eating and drinking and, and going to work um, and going to sleep and doing all the things that we have to do. This salvation is not a destination, a one-time destination. This thing is a journey to a destination. So now let's talk about um, we're going to start going into Paul and then we're going to wrap it up today. Okay. So we got Paul writing his letter. 13 of the 21 books of the 21 letters were written by Paul. 13 of them. They are, they are called, I mean, I hate to use these esoteric terms. Oh, these are the Pauline Espisos. Uh, you know, it's, these are the letters written by Paul. They're written to all these different churches, written to different people that were running the church. Now, he wrote a letter to the church of Rome. Two to the letter to the church of Corinth, uh, one to Galatia, um, 
church at Ephesus and so forth down the line. You see Thessalonians, then he wrote a letter to the church at Thessalonica. You know, like that. That's how you know what these letters are for, who they're to. Now, within these epistles, there were three books called like a pastoral epistle. Now, you got 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, you know, and they're, they're called because these are instructions concerning how to lead your churches. Um, and these letters from Paul, these instructions from Paul were, were not just pulled out of thin air. God was talking to Paul and had Paul write these things down. And the reason why this was so important, this is why we have to go through and walk through Acts so diligently because God had literally taken Paul and his zeal for uh, doing what he was doing and turned it into working for the kingdom of God. So now the next eight books, you got Hebrews, you got James, you got first and second Peter, first and second John, actually first, second and third John. Dude, these are called general epistles. Now, that's because they were actually written to the church as a whole, rather than a specific church like Thessalonica, or Ephesus, or Galatia, or Colossia, Colossus. You know, these are these are just general letters that, to the church at large. Now, after that, after that, you're talking about the book of Revelation. And everybody gets upset and scared about the book of Revelation. But we're going to break it down, okay? The book of Revelation is in a whole class by itself. It's, it's largely prophetic. It, it's going to say some things that we're not going to, that even John didn't understand. It's going to say some stuff that even we today are not going to understand. And you have a lot of people who are quote unquote prophecy chasers preaching out of Revelation. Now, I. I actually like the book of Revelation because it says some stuff in there and it, it sort of gives us a warning of things to come. And it begins with seven churches in Asia Minor. Now, that's what Asia Minor is. Now, Asia Minor is a uh, peninsula in Western Asia. It's going to be between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. Now, it's generally um, in the area of where Turkey would be. Um, but these are also these ch these churches take on two meanings. They're actually physical churches, and they're actual church conditions. And we're going to talk about that. But we have covered a lot today. We've covered a lot today. So I want you to just think about, listen to this episode a couple times, because we've covered a lot today. And I'm not saying that. Um, it, it's just important that we, we we get we get the foundation laid correctly. Okay. Now, before you do that, um, when you go out today, tell somebody you love them. You know, I I was talking to someone a couple of days ago, and they had expressed the fact that no one ever said that they loved them. And you may be the only person that ever tells them that they love them. So go out, tell somebody you love them. Check on the family member. Because JJ's bad at this. I'm going to be honest with you. JJ's bad at checking up on people. But tell them you love them. Tell them that you're with them. Tell them that you're thinking about them. Because, you know, that's what love is. All right? Thank you so much for joining us this episode. We're going to wrap it up here. We're going to 
I know I gave you a super high uh, 50,000 feet foot view of the New Testament. We're going to start diving into it, you know, more specifically starting next week. Um, stay tuned. We should have a special episode because I've got this, um, this question from Kansas that I've been working on. And it's too long to fit in the email, so we're just going to do an episode about it, okay? And I'm going to give you the title of it. It's called The Greatest Lie Ever Told to Church. So, just so you know, it's, it's working. It's coming. I, I, I got your question, sir. I got your question. And it's it's almost ready uh, to we could talk about it, all right? Love y'all. God bless you. You know, be safe. Stay. Pray for somebody. Pray for somebody today. You don't have to tell them that you're praying for them. Just pray for them. All right. Thank you for joining us today and have a great week. Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody need to know who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason.